Hello and welcome to the long-awaited episode 27 of the Tea in Tokyo podcast. My name is Somya. And I'm Ellie. And what do we talk about this time? So this week we do a coronavirus in Japan update. We did some different training and certifications at work. And Somya lone wolfed it and went to Tokyo's largest park. Yep, that's coming up right now. first episode in a while um so we thought we should give you know a little bit of an update on what's happening in our lives and what's happening in japan it's been like two weeks since our last episode and you know certain things have changed although a lot has stayed the same let's talk about coronavirus first so you know all our friends and family and stuff back in new zealand they're enjoying their lives everything's gone back to normal there um, it's as if nothing ever happened. Yeah, honestly, they're like living their best lives. Like all of the Instagram posts are like of them skiing, snowboarding, just having like wonderful winterland adventures. Yeah, but here, like most of the world, uh, coronavirus is still going on. On the rise in Japan. Yeah, so cases are actually kind of increasing every day here. Since mid June, it's kind of like skyrocketed uh, since then. Mm. Um, it's not crazy amounts. It's about there's around thirteen to sixteen hundred new cases per day. I wouldn't say mid June. I'd say end of June. It's suddenly like July, August. It suddenly got really high. Yeah, there's like thirteen to sixteen hundred new cases per day, and around four to six hundred of them are in Tokyo. It's a bit of an exaggeration. I feel like three hundred to four hundred of them are in Tokyo, right? Are we looking at? Do- uh, have we been doing different research from different? Yeah, pages? well, I mean, the other day there was six hundred, right? Which is the most it's ever been. Um, in one day in Tokyo. Well, there was... In Japan, there was 2,000. Like a yeah, week ago. so it's even... Yeah. Yeah, true. And in terms of work, like, for us, things haven't changed a whole lot, apart from the fact that it's just so quiet. Like, a lot of our students... Um, the reason it's quiet is because a lot of a lot of business people aren't going to work now. Um, a lot of people are still doing work from home. Mm. Yeah, a lot of my students, when they... You know, when I do actually see them talk about how they're still doing work from home and there's no plans of them going back to the office yeah and a lot of them talk about how they're avoiding a commute so like the main reason that they're still coming to our work is because they live nearby so it's like anyone who doesn't live like within walking distance has like not been wanting to catch the train to come in which is completely fair enough yeah yeah exactly um yeah i had a student today who two months ago she said that she is going back to work like that was the last time i saw her um but then today she said that her work changed their mind because of the increase in cases yeah um so she doesn't have to go to work for the rest of the year i had a student um a couple of days ago he was like and like quite an older guy he lived in like osaka or something because it was an online class but he hasn't left his house since like this whole thing started like, mm. his children and his grandchildren bring food to his house because he's, like, immune compromised. Yeah. So he's been... And because he's, like, a CEO, he doesn't, like... He just, like, I don't know, zooms in for everything. Like, uh, right. his actual work responsibilities, I think he's, like, semi-retired. But it's, like, one of those things where he's, like... And he doesn't plan on leaving the house for a while more. So the fact that we're doing online classes now is good for him because, like, he's not socializing with anyone. Um, cases just went over 50,000 today. In Tokyo? No, oh, no in, sorry, in, Japan. in Japan. Yeah. And there's 1,047 deaths. We had a case the other day at work, right? Apparently. N- like, not, not at our not work. Not at our work. At another... So, in Tokyo, in another studio, 
it's kind of frustrating because the only reason we know this is because we're on some Facebook groups which are like, they're not the best groups, they're pretty negative. They're basically people go to complain and sometimes I just don't need that sort of negativity in my life. Like, you know, we both always try to stay pretty positive about our work because it's your work. Like, you've got to be positive about it. You can't just complain constantly. But it's still good to be in these groups for this reason because there's been no official announcement that this place had a case but people who work there got calls saying not to come in for the next two days because there was a confirmed case in the studio and then they wouldn't tell the employees if it was like a teacher, if it was on the Japanese stuff, if it was a student, like who had it. And the only reason we now know it was a teacher is because one of the teachers at the studio is really good friends outside of teaching with one of their students who sent them a copy of the letter they received saying it was a teacher who had it. But our company won't tell anyone what day that teacher taught, like what time they were there. Like, you know, obviously who it is, fair enough not to share that, that's privacy. But you've got to say what they, day they were there, right? So that people can be more, like, conscious of if they were potentially exposed. Yeah, in terms of contact tracing, this is, like, really bad. Yeah, because um, they go on and on about how it's all about keeping the privacy and, you know, you've got to respect people's privacy. Mm. But this is a pandemic. Like, you can respect privacy to a point, right? Like Yeah, and they're only closing for two days or, like, one and a half days. Yeah. Uh, which is surprising. I thought they said they were going to close for like a week at least. But... I was so sure that we were told that it would close for two weeks if there was any mm. confirmed cases. Because they've been like really like, oh, make sure you tell us if you feel unwell at all. Because if you end up getting sick, we have to close for two weeks. Which yeah. it's kind of like guilt tripping because they were basically like, oh, it's your fault if yeah. no one can go to work. <laughs> well, that's the thing. As it goes on, like people kind of take it less and less seriously but you also kind of have to because eventually you know you kind of have to go back to some sort of a normal life i guess but the problem is that it's just getting worse so it's like yeah you know all the measures that they took months ago like technically we should be doing that still now and even yeah. greater but the thing that annoys me is we know the studio that this teacher had it now thanks to the student who shared the information but like there was tr- so this is kind of like the next point we're going to be talking about but we've done a couple of like trainings like certifications through our work lately and in both of the trainings that we've done so far there was people from that studio and in one of the ones i did a girl who i was partnered with the whole time she had been meant to attend another certification the day before but she was unwell so she cancelled it and then she went to call up to cancel the one she came to with me but they were like oh you sure they won't be doing this training for another couple of months if you're feeling well enough you should go in so she went in and we were partnered. We had lunch together. So obviously we weren't wearing masks when we were eating lunch. We caught the train home together. And I'm like, was she the one who had it? Because she yeah. had the symptoms the day before. Like, <laughs> Yeah, honestly. It's just put me on a bit of a alert. I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing it wasn't. Surely they would have called people if they'd attended the... I don't know. Because if you're not going to tell... Well, I mean, I guess they did tell the studio. I mean, you know, if people don't have to come to work for two days... But that but was like, just because they were closing the studio itself to disinfect. You know, right, like, they've not yeah. required the staff to self-isolate or anything. Yeah, at this point, I feel like they probably would tell everyone that was at a certification that, you know, there was somebody there with coronavirus. But then again, after what happened with that studio, I feel like maybe they wouldn't tell you. Especially because that studio is, it's like the busiest one for our company, I'm pretty sure. So maybe yeah, that's why is, they yeah. don't want to close it. Because I think it was the first studio they opened. Yeah. 
and it's the busiest so maybe that's why they're not closing it for two weeks because they just can't afford to yeah i don't know it's just one of those things where like i feel like everyone's becoming very complacent with coronavirus right now and like this for me i don't know for you is like a big reminder that it's still like still out there and it's still dangerous you know like i kind of think that but then at the same time we do go on the train quite a bit even though i mean we don't we're not quite a bit like we go to we're on the train going to work yeah and they were on the train like occasionally we might go to like a park or something yeah i don't know it's really hard eh? i feel like like the cases are increasing but you do kind of have to put in perspective like 400 like let's say there's 600 cases in tokyo every day which is like at the extreme even 600 cases when you think about a place that has 30 million people like that's not a crazy amount but then we're also both super aware that they're not testing that many people yeah and that's the other thing that the only reason the cases are going up now um, well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons is the fact that yeah, they're you're actually sounding tweeting. like Donald yeah. Trump right there. You better keep away from that territory. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's actually making me sound really bad because I feel like I'm Donald Trump last week. He's an idiot. That's not what I mean. What I mean is we know for a fact that they were not testing many people um, early on. You yeah. Because, uh, like, we know, you know, we, we've talked about this before where we know specific people uh, who went in to get tested and then they told them that they weren't going to get tested. Uh, so we know that for a fact. And also, you know, it's kind of suspicious that a place with so many people has so few cases. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the things why cases are increasing now, because they're actually, mm. you know, they're properly doing tests. I think the number of tests they're doing is still pretty low for the population size. Yeah. Like, true. they're doing the same number of tests that they did in Christchurch, a mm. city with 300,000 people compared yeah, to 30 yeah. million. So, like, I mean, yeah. They're doing more tests, though. They are increased. I think it's because they've accepted, like, the Olympics definitely officially didn't happen this year. So they've realized that there's no point in keeping the cases down. And if anything, they've got such a low number of deaths that if they have more cases and less deaths, it kind of makes them look even better. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, yeah, we've got a lot of cases, but, you know, our population is healthy enough to, Mm. you know, cope with it. Although, the other thing that got me the other day was um, I was talking with this guy from work and, like... He's, like, pretty, like, right-wing, I say with, like, quotations. And Somnia, the first time he met him, like, called it. Somnia could just tell. I don't know how. I couldn't tell at all. But we were walking home from work the other day, and we caught the train together. And I can't remember, like, what the exact conversation was, but I was basically complaining about how I didn't like that there's become this, like, culture around, like, almost making people feel guilty if they get sick. Because some guy at work was saying, like, oh, well, you know, if you get sick, you're responsible for everyone at work having to then lose two weeks' worth of income. And I was yeah. like, that's not how it works. You can't, like, guilt someone about sickness. It's not something they can help. Which is, like, that was the point I was making, that I don't like that this is sort of, like, the way we're going with this. That's ridiculous. Like, we still have to commute. We still have to go to the supermarket. We can't completely self-isolate. Mm. And this other guy I was with was then, like, revealed that he is fully, like, one of those people who doesn't think coronavirus is serious. He doesn't care if he gets sick. Because he's like a healthy young man. He's not going to be that negatively affected. It's like likely that he won't be that affected. He doesn't believe that the side effects, like the after symptoms are that bad. Like all this stuff, talking about how like not that many people die. And I was like, no wonder we've got an increase of cases if this is like the common viewpoint. Yeah, and I, I like, I was saying I kind of want him to get like I kind of want him to get coronavirus now. I know you're not meant to, like, you know, wish ill upon people, but it's like, you know, maybe get, like, a medium case of coronavirus and see what happens. It just really frustrated me because, like, he was talking about, oh, you know, it's only people with pre-existing conditions that get it. And it's like everyone could have a pre-existing condition. 
pretty much anyone over like the age of 40 has probably got something that would count as a pre-existing condition like yeah. they've probably experienced something in their life that means that they would have that like i'm pretty sure asthma would count as a pre-existing condition which yeah, like you get so like technically you've got pre-existing conditions and like i don't know he was just complaining about it and i was like okay look i'm gonna stop you there because you shouldn't talk about it like this because one of our workmates her uncle just died from coronavirus so you can have your opinions but maybe be careful about how vocal you are with them because she is obviously like very upset about coronavirus right now and his response was just like oh well you know he probably had a pre-existing condition and i was like what (laughs) it doesn't matter (laughs) i don't know it really made me feel a little bit negative about humanity you know this conversation with this guy <laughs> yeah although something that made me feel a little bit better is uh yesterday there was a anti-coronavirus um march that kind of was meant to happen where like a hundred people are apparently going to get on uh the trains and try to uh, purposely spread coronavirus um you know to show that it's not a big deal and then I, I don't know if the train thing happened but they were in uh shinjuku i think and okay. they did like a rally there um, but I think it was like 40 to 50 people showed up. It made me feel a little bit better because I was like, okay, there aren't that, there isn't as ma- there's half as many people as I thought. Um, but yeah, it's kind of weird where in a place like Japan, you know, because everyone kind of, as soon as you think of an anti-vax or an anti-coronavirus person, like you just think of, well, I guess they go hand in hand with anti-vaxxers. Um, you kind of think of America. You picture like a southern accent with like... Oh, like a big fat body and like a make America great again. Yeah. Like that's literally what my mind conjures, which I know is not right. Like that's such a stereo, like a negative stereotype. But yeah. Yeah, but it's weird, like just seeing someone Japanese, Japanese like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing we were actually saying is the one of the reasons why I reckon cases, like, you know, we were saying that they're probably not testing people, um, you know, so the cases seem lower. But also when you look at like hospitalizations and even deaths, like they're pretty low in Japan. Yeah. You know, especially compared to the population. So we're thinking that's probably because of the fact that everyone here wears face masks. And also like the population is healthier than Western countries. Oh yeah, like, true. Yeah. There's a 3% rate of obesity. I think it's like this in Korea are like the lowest rate mm. in the world, which obviously comes along with all of its like comorbidities and stuff that yeah, are associated true. with that. So like less likely to have like a what's the word like a more intense version of coronavirus yeah i'm wondering if other places in the world are doing what japan is doing in terms of like if you go out i would say 99.9 percent of people have a mask on yeah and also in every single shop uh there's hand sanitizer you know yeah, i'm wondering you have, sometimes they have a person whose sole job is to stand there and put their hand sanitizer yeah on yeah you. i wonder how many places are doing that you know and i reckon mm. that probably has something to do with but yeah you're right the obesity also is probably a big thing of why the cases here are so mm. low um or at least the deadly cases are so low yeah although they have such an old population you kind of yeah that's know. why everyone was like that's what i was saying as well i was like how the hell like that's why early on i didn't believe the cases because i was like how the hell can there be so many old people here and that, like nobody has coronavirus um, but then the fact that nobody's dying, it's like, okay, well, maybe, you know, they're kind of healthy. And all the cases that are happening right now, like 80, 85% of them are happening to young people, like 20 to 40. Because mm, all these dumbasses are still going out clubbing and, like, not wearing masks. And, like, that guy I was talking about from work, like, he does wear a mask at work. He's like, he's like, he's like, it's annoying because he's like a nice, good person, but then he also has these views. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how? 
But he was talking about how, you know, he's been out clubbing and stuff and it's, like, crowded and there's, like, no one wearing a mask. Because, like, what's the point of wearing a mask if you're in a club, like, rubbing your sweaty body up against other people? Although I wonder how much that is just, like, one of those negative rumour-type stories where you can, like, scapegoat one group by being like, oh, it's all these young people... Going out to bars. Yeah, but in this case, we have, like, actual, you know, statistics to back it up, so it's all right. Um, I had a client the other day who, like, the whole lesson, he wanted to have free conversation. And he just, like, I didn't really say much because he was just having a good old rant about, like, damn these young people and their ways. (laughs) Yeah. I was actually speaking to a girl who went clubbing, and she said that in one club she went to, everyone was wearing a mask. I mean, I wonder That was early on uh, Mm -hmm. in the coronavirus saga, so maybe... At one point, they were, they were doing it, and then they kind of just went, now, screw it. It just frustrates me. Again, it's like this, like, blaming guilt game thing. Because there's people doing that, but then at the same time, some people would probably think we aren't taking it seriously enough. Because we do have... We have two friends who we've, like, hung out with occasionally. But, like... And for us, it's kind of like... In New Zealand, when they were doing lockdown, there was, like, this idea of your bubble, where you mm. had ten people in your bubble. And so I feel like for us, like, they're our bubble yeah like that's who we like we're pretty much the only people they see they're the only people we see and so like for us it's like well, that's not bad but i know that for another person they might look at us and be like oh man these idiots socializing not taking it seriously yeah that's true because we do have to take the train to get there and yeah yeah but like we're already catching the train to work so i'm kind of like mm. there's only like you know if we're already having to commute every single day what can you do? Like, Although I've been like following some scientists on Twitter and they were talking about how like the blame game has just gone way too far where like there'll be articles where there'll be like, for example, and I think this is even something that we were complaining about early on actually, which I've kind of changed my mind about. They were complaining about how like, you know, um, coronavirus cases have increased because of people in bars and people going to the park. And it's like, and he was saying that like you cannot like have those two things in the same sentence mm. you know like going to a bar and going to a park are so different like if you're mm. in a park like there's the there's chances of getting it is so slim was there those articles where they like showed the difference how they'd have pictures where it looked like from one angle it was like people were packed next to each other walking in the park and then from like the other side you could see they were actually really far away it was just like the perspective oh, no, yeah. they were taking it no it wasn't that but you know same, just just same. in general i think if you're outside like mm. it's a very slim chance of catching coronavirus because you know it just can't travel like the air currents and everything like it makes it a lot difficult yeah unless someone's like sneezing or coughing directly onto you it's not gonna happen so apart from coronavirus (laughs) um we also yeah so we had that work training so ellie did ellie did did one without me um which was so scary we're so um codependent lately because of coronavirus where we're like forced to only hang out with each other that I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I have to go to somewhere without Sonia. Well, you didn't go there without me. I literally yeah. walked you all the way there. I made Sonia, because you had to catch three trains to get to the training place. And as a part of that, you have to go, like, through Shinjuku Station, which is, like, not just, like, near each other. Like, you have to literally go to the other side of the station. And I always get lost. I have a really bad sense yeah. of direction. We have been there five times before, though. But I still got confused yeah. when we were going there. Like, regularly, I'd be like, wait, don't we have to go this way? And you were like, no, you idiot. Like... <laughs> Yeah, so what was, like, what was the gist of that training? Oh, yeah, so I did training so that you can... So most of our clients at our work are adults or sometimes teenagers, but, like, most of them are business people or whatever, um, and you have to do special extra training to work with children. So I figured that it's, like, we've got so few clients right now, it's so quiet that 
a good way to bring in more potential clients is to just make myself eligible for more clients. So I did the child training, kid train, kids training, and it was really fun. It was like, because they have a whole separate textbook they work through, but because they're like ages like six to ten, it's like literally playing games. So the textbook, you have to do two pages of the textbook, but it's like, the first page is like a picture or something, and they've got to like, be like, this is a couch, this is a TV, you know, like identify things. And you've got to do like heaps of drawings and the notes, and you've got to play, they recommend at least six games in the 40 minute lesson. So like, it's literally just playing games, normally like uh, flashcard games. Yeah, I've sat next to people doing kids lessons before, and it sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I think the main issue is like, you know, the thing is, and they actually told us in the class that in Japan you don't use this word, but like kids with behavioural issues is um, would be where there's a problem. Apparently in Japan the whole idea is like, because any role that you have, like anyone who does any job or any career, the expectation is that you are a master of that. Like you should be the top tier perfect in that job. And so you can't talk about kids having behavioural issues in a classroom because there's this expectation that if you're a teacher, you're the best of the best. So it doesn't matter if there's a behavioural issue, it's your fault, you're responsible for it. So apparently, yeah, there's like a really extreme thing of like, if you've got a kid who's just like a horrible, like bratty, like insolent piece of crap, like, right. you can't you can't say to the parents, I think your child like has like oppositional defiant disorder or whatever it's called, because they'll be like, no, 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 it's your job to control them. So there can be, like, they part of the lesson was basically being like, you can on occasion get these kids. But generally our work, apparently when they first do meetings with the kids, they do try to, like, weed out those ones if they can tell they're going to be a problem. So they do try to, but then you've, like, you hear horror stories. Like, one of the people at the training was talking about how at his work there was, like, a girl who literally stabbed one of the students, like, the teacher with a pencil. It was kind of scary learning all that because it's like you're not like physically you're not allowed to touch them at all obviously for like <laughs> like they're children but like it means that like if they're like throwing a tantrum in the middle of the class and you're responsible for them in that moment their parent isn't there you're officially their guardian in that scenario you can't actually like stop them or contain them apparently if that happens you don't talk to them in Japanese. You literally just have to go get a Japanese staff member. It doesn't matter if they're in like a meeting with like another adult. You have to interrupt it and be like, so and so is being a prat. Like you need to go talk to her because there's been issues in the past with miscommunications with the student. But on the other end, yeah, it seemed really fun. If you don't get like a piece of crap, <laughs> so. I'm thinking about doing that one, but then you have to really like kids, so I don't know if I can do that I don't even one, know if you do have to like kids. I'm not even the biggest fan of kids. I know, but you can at least, like, handle them, but... Well, kind of, actually. No, it's literally... Because it's teaching a class, like, it's not... I feel like it's not the same as, like, being able to interact with a kid with no guidance, because there is straight-up, like, textbook guidance. Yeah, true. Like, you don't even have to, like, talk to them. You can be like, okay, let's play this game. Yeah. Let's do drawings. Yeah, so... At our work, we have two different kinds of certifications. We have that one, which is where you kind of um, gain new skills and you're able to do a different kind of job. You're able to do a variety of jobs. And it's a lot more intense. It's not just um, that class. There's a whole lot of other stuff that comes with it. Yeah. So, for example, in that one, you can teach kids. There's other ones where, like, you know, you can teach the very first meet, uh, the very first lesson that you have with a student. Mm -hmm. You can teach, like, group 
uh, uh, you can teach students in groups. You can um, but go then there's, into the, uh, like, you can, there's one where you can go to the company itself and teach like the entire company, like you do a big lecture. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that one. But then there's another one which is just general, you know, upskilling, uh, giving yourself some more more knowledge yeah more knowledge yeah and um so that's an that that's ones that uh oh by the way we get paid for these trainings so ellie got paid for that one like two thousand yen right like nothing yeah. for like it was like a, it was like 10 to like seven or eight ish yeah it, like it's so slow at the moment so my last two months my booking rate has been 12 percent, which is really really slow this mm. so far this month it's seven percent uh yeah. so it's so slow that like i need every little bit of money i can get mm. so i'm doing literally uh four of these trainings this month for next month which is almost like the maximum that you could do mm. uh because you know 20 20 000, uh, 2000 yen is literally uh 30 dollars uh yeah. for like you know six hours of work but we kind of have to do it <laughs> and yeah. also you know it, it is a good way to get new skills i guess eventually um, when they start doing pay rises again we're going to be more in a position to receive them having done the trainings as well yeah that's right yeah so um so the other type is yeah just to just to upskill right and that's the one that we did last week uh ellie and i did it together it was called uh critical analysis and it's no, about it wasn't critical analysis was it, it was client analysis oh client analysis <laughs> well there you go so i didn't really learn that much you didn't pay god damn it <laughs> all right so it was client analysis um which is about critically analyzing your student I don't think the word critical was in there uh, at all. I'm not going to I know, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's about <laughs> okay. critically analyzing and figuring out. It's not, they said it wasn't a personality test. What did they say again? It was about um, the. So it was about the social styles model, which I looked up and it's a model that this like group sells for like the last 40 years they developed it. So it's not about personality. It's about the behaviors that people exhibit in social situations. Yeah. The outward behaviors, like when they're interacting with people. Um, so we learned about, you know, what, what the there's four different types of uh, social styles you could have and how to interact with people who have a specific social style so the four were um it was analytical expressive driving and amiable mm-hmm. uh and beforehand we actually had to do a wee little uh i mean i'm just gonna it's, yeah social style test i guess or personality test mm-hmm. uh to figure out which one we were I was driving and Ellie was amiable. Which is, I don't think it's quite true for either of us because in the actual class, I definitely like seemed like I was more expressive. Yeah, I mean, they ask you which ones you think you are first, you know, and I thought I was expressive as well. But to be fair, um, it's just a bullcrap little test that you do. So, you know, like, what do they know really? And the other thing is it's on like a graph, which is like a, what's it called when it's like a four-way graph? Is that it? Like a four-way graph? Yeah, and like, like a, it's so the X and Y axis, but you can go into negatives as well. And so, like, each corner is, like, expressive, amiable, driving, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, like, for mine, I was, like, right in the middle with, like, one point towards amiable, which is why they put me in amiable. Yeah. So, like, and like I'm definitely one of, like, some people have no social style. Not meaning they have no social skill, but meaning, like, they're not actually falling into one of those groups, which is what I would be. Mm. Yeah, and I was driving, but I was very close to the expressive side. Like, I was, mm. like, on the line. So, the way it works is the y-axis is the, it's uh, responsiveness. It's, yeah. it's how responsive you are, which is, which, like, your emotions. Yeah, literally means how expressive you are with your yeah. emotions. And then on the x-axis, it's assertiveness. assertiveness. Yeah, so I was, like positive uh, assertiveness and negative responsiveness i guess 
Yeah, mm. which is which is weird because I wouldn't say my, my responsiveness is Yeah, negative. I think your responsiveness is actually um, Whereas positive. Ali was a positive on the responsiveness but then negative on the assertiveness. Mm. Um, I was technically opposite to expressive. Like, that is, like, I was the one that was, like, very far from expressive. No, so. no, that was not... Uh, I was opposite, driving opposite, the opposite. No, um, opposite is um, analytical from expressive. And amiable... Your, your yeah, opposite I mean, is driving. amiable was opposite from driving. Yeah, oh, right, I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... So, yeah, so, you know, we spent the whole day doing this uh, doing this class. We learned about that. Ali wasn't very impressed with it. No, my problem was, I get it. It's, like, a real model, but I think the way they taught it was they... Because they asked, like, I asked at one point, I was, I think I asked, I was like, oh, so, like, what is the, like, research behind this? And, like, she didn't know. And I looked it up afterwards, and there is research behind it. But my problem was she, like, emphasized that it's not a personality test. It's a social skill, social style test, right? It has nothing to do with the internal, like, mechanisms. Mm. But then one of the exercises that we spent, like, a solid hour on was like the characteristics of someone with the social style, which was literally personality traits that you had to go through and list. And I was like, well, if you're saying it's a social style that has nothing to do with personality, then you can't then do a whole exercise based on what you think their personality traits will be based on this. Yeah. Because, and I mean, the other big thing for me was I feel like it's a model that is based on the idea like of behavioral psychology. So, like, 40 years ago, there was, like, this big divide between psychologists who believed that the mind is, like, this empty, well, not empty, but this, like, black box that you can't see into, and therefore you can never measure it. So you can only look at the, like, external, like, anecdotal stimulus and then the behavior that the person exhibits. You can't even measure what's going on inside their brain. And then on the other end, you had people who were like, no, 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 that has nothing to do with it, it's all to do with what's inside the brain that's what's important and they used to like hate each other and like argue with each other but like modern day psychology is smarter in that it accepts that it's both of them like both are accurate obviously behavior is important but what causes the behavior internally is also important and i feel like this whole thing was like old-fashioned in that it was purely behavioral or at least it was meant to be and then they taught it wrong do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, what I didn't like about it was, like, for example, we looked at pictures, right, where a guy would be wearing a suit, and, you, and you'd say, oh, that guy's driving, and then some other guy would not be wearing a suit, and you'd be like, oh, that guy's expressive. But it's like, eh, you know, is yeah. that really going to help us with anything? It's so dumb, because you can't look at a picture and tell someone's social style. Yeah, It's exactly, just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, we literally looked at a guy that was in a suit, and then we had to come up with, like, all this stuff about him and his life and what he's like, and it's like, eh. I just don't know. In fact, it's not that I don't know if that works in real life. It doesn't. You know? Yeah. And also the thing that's also kind of dumb is they said that when the student first calls up a work right and they want, um, you know, they want lessons, the the Japanese uh, counselors who take their call, they're the ones who decide what their social style is. So it's not even... It's, it's not based even the, on that um, one phone call as well. Yeah, it's not even the teacher in the lesson who decides, you know, when while they're teaching them. It's just based on one phone call. So, like, they literally could have been talking for two minutes and they have to decide what their social style is. And it was a phone call in Japanese as well. Yeah, so it's like, oh, man, so this person is super expressive in Japanese over the phone, but they don't know any English and they're talking to me in person... So it's like their social style is going to be completely different, you know? Plus, you know what? That doesn't make sense in the context of the fact that half the exercises were looking at photos. Because when they give them the social style, they can't see them. 
so clearly like it doesn't have anything to do with it do you know what i mean yeah yeah that's true as well yeah so what this really felt to me was and i haven't done any of the other certs so i don't know yet and maybe you know maybe some of the other certs are different but what i really felt is this is our work's way of of trying to add value to our jobs and to say mm. hey you know stay with us don't go to another english learning school because you know we have all these different ways that you can upskill mm. um and they've just tried to like put together this thing that they think makes sense and they think is valuable mm. and they've like packaged together and they've delivered it to you but really it's just like a bunch of random crap that they've stuck yeah. together and it has like, no meaning really it's valuable to an extent because like there are some clients who it'll say they're like driving and then they fully are but I'd yeah. say majority of the time, it's not actually that accurate. Because, like, and this was the other main problem I had with it, was, like, it's a social, like, style. Social is, like, inherently contextual. If it's to do with how you interact with the outside world, then it has everything to do with the outside, like, stimulus. Yeah. So, like, depending on how you, as the teacher, interact with them, that might change their style. So... It kind of bugged me because I was like, basically, like, that means that it's not going to have that much value. Like, the whole, like, you know, it's talking over the phone versus being in person versus talking in Japanese versus talking in English. Like, they're the customer talking on the phone, so they're sort of, like, the superior, whereas in a classroom, they're the student, so they're whatever the opposite of superior is. Inferior? <laughs> inferior, yeah. That sounds like... Yeah, inferior negative. sounds too negative, yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just like, it's one of those things where I think it has value to a point, but like that point, it doesn't go very far. It was interesting. It was really interesting, but I came away from it kind of like very skeptical about it. Yeah, I've never done any psychology before, so to me it was a little bit interesting, but yeah, definitely really skeptical. And I mean, yeah, people who haven't done any sort of research into like social styles or behavior or anything mm. before would probably come away from that being like wow that's so cool so interesting but and so many says i sound like such a pretentious dick when i say this but yeah i was like, just about to say that ellie did sound like a bit of a pretentious douchebag at the thing because she was like i have a master's in psychology i didn't say it like that and uh, well I she didn't say it in public but she did say I said it, it like, to you she said it to me yeah but like the thing is it's like as someone who has <laughs> studied behavior for like six to seven years a one day class on social styles was very like <laughs> substandard do you know what i mean like yeah it was underwhelming but and like, taught by someone who doesn't have any experience in that yeah. i think that was it like the teacher was great don't get me wrong she was like i really enjoyed her teaching style but she like when i asked like even one question like she very clearly just knew the content that she had to teach and not yeah. much beyond that well, our next cert that we're going to do is less uh, abstract and it's more analytical. It's it's about like the TOEFL exams that people, mm-hmm. the students take. So, we'll see so what I think like. that will yeah. be better. I yeah, think yeah, it will be sure. good. It's just, it's more like, like you said, like it's more concrete. It's something mm. that we know has like set rules and stuff. And I think that the people teaching it are probably going to be more like familiar with it than yeah. they might be with social styles. Yeah. Like I said before, I walked Ellie to her training when she did her kids one. What a good boyfriend, eh? And I thought, so I decided that would be my favorite time to explore Sinjuku, because we haven't really explored Sinjuku that well. Uh, so I thought, yeah, that's definitely the perfect time for me. I took my camera, I took my tripod, I was going to take some awesome photos, and I did manage to get some cool photos. Mm. Uh, and I was looking for Shinjuku uh, Gion, Gion, Gion Park. Um, it doesn't sound right. Gion, Gion. 
Gyoen. 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 That's literally it. It's Gyoen. Yeah. Shinjuku Gyoen National uh, Garden. Gyoen, by the way, stands for Imperial Garden. Oh, nice. Even though it's not really an Imperial Garden, I don't really know why, but... Um, so yeah, I was looking for that, but on the way there, I actually found another park called Sinjuku Central Garden, which is really nice. Uh, and it has a waterfall, which it has a bit of like a hyperbole uh, name to it. It's called um, Shin- Tokyo. I, I don't know if it's called Shinjuku or Tokyo, but it's called um, Niagara Falls. <laughs> is it and tiny? It's, like, it's not that tiny. Like for a park, you know, for like a man-made little, like a park waterfall, it's pretty good. But Niagara Falls seems a bit ridiculous. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I like I really like that park. You know, uh, it was like during the day there weren't that many people. It was just like kind of like a few families walking around. There was like a guy teaching his girlfriend how to skateboard. Oh, cute! Like you know, a nice environment there. There were turtles, but it was kind of mean because it was like this man-made tiny little pond with like there was no vegetation in there at all. It was just concrete. It was just like a water, water fountain, right? Yeah, it was like it was a water fountain. Yeah, exactly. And they had they put a couple of brooks in there so they could kind of like get out of the water. But the fact that these you know these turtles have to spend their entire lives in that pond is pretty insane mm. it did make me think that japanese people are definitely a lot better than other people because like nobody steals these turtles they're just <laughs> yeah. in there i feel like honestly if there are turtles i just don't know that people wouldn't steal them in christchurch i feel like they would be stolen although maybe if it was <laughs> in like a park where there was like it was known that there was like cctv cameras yeah maybe i mean if it, if it was a park if it was a pond that looked like a natural pond i don't think people would because there's something about that, like, it kind of looks like they're in their environment, and, like, you know. But when it's just a water fountain, it, yeah, I don't know, it looks a bit weird. <laughs> but, yeah, that was kind of cool. And then, so I walked to um, Shinjuku National Garden, Gyoen National Garden, and, man, it is so goddamn hot. People warned us that after the rainy season it would get hotter, but I didn't believe them because it was already so hot. I feel like every time we've done a podcast, we've been like, oh, my God, it's so hot. It's <laughs> yeah. even hotter than we thought. And once again... Yeah. It is true, and apparently it's going to get hotter. Mm. June, July is the is the rainy season, so it was raining like really frequently. It's it's pretty crazy the difference between rainy season and non. Like you know what, like you know, because this is the first time we've been in a country where it has those sort of seasons, yeah. and like it actually makes perfect sense. It literally has not rained because it's not the rainy season. Yeah, it, it hadn't it hasn't rained once in in August, but in July it was raining all the time. Mm. Uh, you know, um, and yeah, man, it is so goddamn hot. Uh, to the point where when I was walking around in Shinjuku, I thought I was, like, for the, f- maybe the first time in my life, but the only other time that I can think of being this hot is when I used to live in Sydney. Mm. Um, like, I used to play basketball when it was, like, 40 degrees out, which I don't know how I did. I think did. I would literally die. Like, yeah. I'm not even exa- I would genuinely <laughs> die. Uh, I literally thought I was going to get sunstroke, eh? Yeah. It was so hot. I went through, like, five, four or five bottles of water. I was constantly buying water. And you're actually a little bit darker. Like, you've got a little bit of a tan yeah, going on yeah. right now. I was walking around for five hours in the sun and... With no sunblock on, by the way. Yeah. So you're going to age like 10 years just from that. <laughs> I know. I've never been so sweaty either. I was so <laughs> goddamn sweaty. It was ridiculous. It's so gross. Um, but yeah, man, this garden is really cool though. It's a massive garden. It's basically the central park of mm. Japan, of uh, Tokyo, I should say. And um, it's actually three gardens mixed in one. So there's the French garden... Uh, the traditional Japanese garden and the English garden. The English garden is like these really big fields, right? It's basically just like, yeah, just like a park with no like trees or anything. Just mm. big fields where you can relax and play games and stuff like that. The French garden is this really cool uh, place with heaps of flowers, like a botanical gardens almost. Oh, nice. And it has like these really cool big trees that you can walk through. They're like symmetrical at either side. And um, that's actually where I, f- I literally fell asleep on 
uh, one of the benches there because the benches are just lined with people just sleeping on them. And I was like, sweet, I'll be part of this. Yeah, who knows if somebody um, just joined like a homeless people community. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have. Um, and then the traditional Japanese garden, well, yeah, it's literally like picture a Japanese garden. You got it. You know, the bridges, <laughs> the traditional like houses, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was a really great place. You have to pay to get in, which like I was thinking, right, like, for example, in New Zealand, like, in Christchurch, in our main park, you don't have to pay to get in. Like, you don't have to pay to get in any park, I don't think. And on the one hand, it's kind of bad that you have to pay, because, like, a lot of people can't experience it then. Like, it's not that expensive. It's 500 yeah. yen. It's, like, six bucks. Yeah, but some people may not have six dollars to spare. On yeah. Park. But on the other hand, man, it was so clean and so quiet. There's barely yeah. anyone in there. They would definitely help with the upkeep, eh? Yeah. I went in, you know, during the day on a work day, so I guess people are, you know, busy with work. But still, it's so quiet. I was like, man... You know, I wouldn't mind if more parks were, like, three bucks to get in. It kind of cleans the place up a little bit. Yeah. So, actually, yeah, it probably wasn't Keeping homeless Keeping the rebel out of my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I got a lot of photos of uh, dragonflies. Really cool dragonflies there, like, multicolored. You also took lots of flower photos. Yeah, flower photos. I even saw some frogs. Mm. Um, and there was a cool greenhouse as well that has, like, you know, uh, rare... Actually, I don't know if they're rare, but they're weird-looking. <laughs> um, unique, I guess flowers and plants from like around the world um and yeah it was just a nice trip i uh i like this is honestly this garden will probably be up there i reckon if you're coming to tokyo i would say it's like my top five but i haven't even been yet now yeah, i, I know, have to go been, yeah this is my top five to go i reckon i can definitely go back because okay. there's just so much to do there it's so massive well you've got to go back with me then yeah um but yeah that was a nice trip Nice little, uh, nice little trip while Ali was at, um, well, at I was training. Busy working away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was pretty much it. Anything else to be to add in this episode? No. I mean, the reason we took so long to film, like, not film, record this one, is because, like, to be honest, we haven't been up to much since Nagano. Like, we've been working, right? Like. <laughs> or at least trying to work. I haven't. Yeah. Like last week, I worked once, like one day last week, and it's not because. Well, actually, to be fair, we did actually have a couple of days off, but. The other days I was, like, I put myself available and I just didn't have any work. It's been yeah. so freaking quiet. It's kind of, I was saying to me just before, it's kind of stressful because I've tried, like, very hard to be very positive. Well, not positive, but just, like, not negative, right? Mm. About, like, finances and stuff. But it's, like, a little bit stressful because, like, we are very, like, we've, we've worked it out, like, we can totally pay rent and, like, bills and stuff this month. But, like, that's not how you want to live. You know, you want to be in yeah. more than that. Yeah, so, I was thinking this the other day where I was, like, how long do we just go where we can just pay rent, you know? Because we always talk about, oh, well, at least we can pay rent, we can pay the bills, but it's like, man... Do we That's really... such a bare minimum. Yeah, <laughs> do we really just want to pay rent and bills for, like, what, like a year? Like, how long yeah. are we going to go? I was on the us? phone to my mum the other day, and she was saying the same thing. She was like, you know, at what point will you guys think, okay, we just need to move back to New Zealand? Yeah. The problem is, though, moving back to New Zealand is just more unrealistic than ever because they've introduced a fee for quarantine when you arrive. Now it's $3,000 to quarantine. Mm. And, like, we don't have $6,000. Yeah. can't. We can't afford to return. So... <laughs> Yeah, to, like, to, just to show you how, like, quiet it's been. So, uh, la our last paycheck, we got, well, I got paid $2,300. 2300 New Zealand dollars, right? So, $2,300 for a month's work, where at a good month, like, you'd probably be getting paid three to three and a half thousand. So, that is already a reduction. But this month, I've worked it out, I'm going to get paid $700, for an entire month's <laughs> worth of work. Oh, it's so stressful. And, and at the way it's going at the moment, next month, I'll get paid 
$400. So but, yeah, like $400 yeah. for a month's work. Our rent is $1,500. So with my $700, we can pay half of the rent. And, but I'm earning a little <laughs> bit more than that. So, you know, and we also still haven't got our government money. We're still waiting on that. And we just found out the other day that we do actually qualify for like a rent assistance. I think, apparently. Someone well, else yeah. in our training was saying As long as we're did. being a little bit sneaky with how we do our taxes, but... But honestly, I don't <laughs> think we had to be sneaky. I think they were earning that little, that, like, <laughs> yeah. we'd, we'd qualify. All right, so. we've been rambling on for too long, I reckon. I know, yeah. We, yeah, we should end there. Okay, well, um, so yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening to our podcast once again. Hope you enjoyed the update. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.